If you're a high-achieving male who's looking to turn your body into a fat-burning, muscle-building, high-performance machine while enhancing your performance inside the gym and in your business, then the Road to Alpha podcast is for you. I'm your host, Dan Go. I'm a body transformation specialist, leading health expert, and the founder of the Body Transformation Mastermind, where I help other high-achieving men just like you create and live in amazingly dream-come-true bodies with ease and minimal stress. Now for a free and in-depth training on how to transform your body without the use of restrictive diets, cutting out carbs, or even doing long hours in the gym, then head on over to dango.blog training and jump onto our alpha body training today. And now, let's get on to today's episode. What is going on? It is your homie, Dan, coach and entrepreneur and podcaster and dog dad. I have uh, Bally that is sitting right beside me. He uh, is transitioning from licking his paws to licking his balls. So we'll see where that goes in the next uh, little bit. It's a very cold day in Toronto. I'm rambling right now. I've been known to ramble. So today's episode, I want to share 21 secrets to working out. Now, why 21? It just sounds like a good number. It's uh, pretty appealing to the eye. I don't know. I've always had a, I've always been drawn to the number twenty-one and to the number seven and to the number thirteen. I actually wore the number thirteen uh, while I was playing volleyball in public school because none of the other kids would choose it. Uh, they were scared. They thought it was a bad luck number, so I took it and I wanted to make it successful. That's uh, yeah. It's a weird thing about me. Anyways, 21 workout secrets. These are things that I've learned over the past, I would say, 15 years of lifting. Uh, I've gone through phases of fat loss conditioning, uh, physique training, uh, power building, and power lifting, and uh, just focusing playing on strength. And I've probably done maybe hundreds of different types of workouts. And my philosophy for working out is very simple. I believe that you should go into different philosophies uh, and ones that actually are, that you can pair up with your goal that uh, that, you, that your goal actually represents. So like I, got, I went through a phase where I needed to lose a lot of weight. So I did a lot of conditioning. After I was pretty okay with my weight, I went to, into a phase where I wanted to really build up my body and make it look visually appealing. And that's why I went into uh, physique training. Um, once all of my back issues and everything kind of uh, healed up, I went into uh, powerlifting and power building and doing lots of deadlift squats and having lots of fun with that. So these are things I've learned uh, not only from my, my own experiences, but uh, ones I've learned from the Seems like thousands. It is around the thousands of clients I have worked with throughout the year. So here they are. So number one is always keep one rep in the tank. Uh, this is something that uh, I religiously do. I rarely push my body to go into failure. And you have to understand what constitutes a good rep as opposed to what constitutes failure. Uh, failure is essentially when you are gyrating every single part of your body in order to lift the weight or the range of motion is limited. It's not a full range of motion because the weight is way too heavy. Uh, and also look at tempo. If you're, if you are 
your last rep does not look like your first rep, then you know that you may be lifting at a weight that's a little bit heavier than your body can handle. So I always say always keep one rep in the tank. Uh, if you get strong progressively, like if you do it in a slow way, and my way is just to add about 2.5% to my lifts uh, every time I get in there. And if I don't complete a certain set, I go back to where I was at the beginning and, uh, and then, and that's pretty much it. Like, that's how you can kind of get just like very slow, a very slow progression of strength. And that's what you want. You don't want to jump from, you know, just let's just say deadlifting a hundred pounds or deadlifting 300 pounds within a span of six weeks, because, because again, uh, you want your body to get used to the weights that you are lifting as you're getting stronger. So always keep one rep in the tank and rarely, rarely, rarely rarely ever go into failure all right and uh, this alone just keeps your form tight your joints safe and it extends your lifting career because it helps you seriously avoid injuries all right so number two is when you're working out focus intensely on the muscles you're using while exercising all right so it's incredibly easy for our bodies to use secondary muscles to do the lifting let's just say uh, if you're doing a chest press it's easy to allow your shoulders and your triceps to get a little bit more activation while doing that chest press than your own chest does. So you have to focus on the muscle that you're using while you're lifting. And <clears throat> research actually proves that if you want to really change how a muscle looks on your body, you actually have to focus, like mentally focus intensely on it while you are lifting. All right. So number two, focus, always focus on the muscles that you're using inside of your workout. And if you're doing like say powerlifting, or if you're doing uh, strength-based types of lifts, like squats, deadlifts, uh, you want to focus on uh, a couple things. One is just making sure that you're bracing really hard inside of your core, pushing your abs out as hard as possible. And uh, amongst all the other nuances to lifting, you want to make sure that you are also trying to activate your glutes while you're lifting. All right. So always focus on the muscles you're lifting. Number three. Everyone over the age of 30 has to be doing some form of dynamic stretching and I would even say massage before their workouts. And now the massage is not some, it's not where you go to an actual masseuse and get a massage. You would do it through the form of uh, foam rolling or if you're like me, I use a Tim Tam and a lacrosse ball and all sorts of other gadgets. And I do dynamic stretches and activation. Sorry, I should have added that and activation before each and every workout. Now, does that extend the time that I take inside of the gym? Well, yes, it does. And, uh, and at this right, my mindset towards it is making an investment every day. You want to make deposits and movement, whether it's through the massage, whether it's through stretching, uh, whether it's through activating, uh, dormant muscles, like say your chest and your glutes. You want to be doing this before your workouts because it's you're not only investing in injury prevention, it's kind of like insurance. Like you, you're basically paying every single time you go into the gym and uh, basically making an investment in insurance to make sure your body still works the way it's supposed to work, or maybe even more efficiently than uh, than you're used to. And, and yeah, it, like if you want to avoid injury, if you want your body to perform as high as it can, then you have to do these things every single time you hit the gym. All right. It's just a fact of life. And, and then the older you get, uh, like the older you get, the longer your warm up is going to be. 
people don't realize that. A lot of men don't realize this, that the longer you age in this lifetime, the more we need these things for our bodies to operate properly. There is a reason why, you know, there is research out there. There's a reason why we have people actually testing this stuff out. There's a reason why all of this stuff is actually being used on athletes right now. So you have to do this stuff. You have to do the massage. You have to do the stretches and you have to do the activation before your workouts because uh, you are going to be investing in a longer workout career and just a better moving body in general. How would it feel like to walk like a 20 year old when you're 60? How would it feel to not have pain in your body anymore? That is what you're investing in. So, so yeah, make sure you do that. Also, uh, I added this one in. Everyone over the age of 30 should be doing some form of uh, self or assisted massage. Uh, Self-myofascial release, a.k.a. self-massage, gets rid of adhesions. It just allows our muscles to work a little bit more efficiently. And uh, doing this, again, it helps you avoid injuries. It helps you it helps your body work the way it's supposed to while you're while you're putting it through an intense exercise and you can also heal old injuries and increase daily performance and if you're you should be doing this almost on uh every day if not every other day basis all right the older you get the more you're going to need it uh workout secret number i don't even know what what secret we're on right now i just have a list and we're just working it through unfortunately i didn't number it <laughs> all right workout secrets uh whatever number it is now Try working out with weights in a fasted state, all right? Some of your best workouts may actually come when you're in a completely fasted state, which means that you have no food in your stomach whatsoever. It may take some time for your body to actually get adapted to faster workouts, I'll be honest. But once you once that happens and your body adapts, it's uh, it's just been known to really have a greater boost of energy, strength, and even focus. And I believe I read something in one of my friend's blogs. I believe it's Rusty Moore's blog about uh, training fasted. It's, um, and then he makes a, a really good example in the sense that, you know, when we hunted, we never, we never had food in our stomachs. The fact that we were hunting was the fact that we wanted to hunt for food so we can bring food back home so we can eat it. Now, when you're hunting, when we were hunting, we were completely fasted. And all these, all these amazing little chemicals and neurotransmitters just explode into your body in completely fasted states. And if people will just uh, be friends with their hunger and allow themselves to uh, allow themselves to feel like their stomach is empty, they would actually, they would actually come to understand like how, uh, how energetic fasting can be, right? I'm not saying it's the end all be all. It's not saying that it's going to it's gonna help you solve all your problems. Actually, in some cases, if I'm being completely honest, and people who have high levels of anxiety, it may actually exasperate that anxiety. So I don't want to make fasting out to be this magical pill. But, you know, if, uh, if, if you are someone that has a control over, let's just say, their mental health, who does, who doesn't, I don't know. But if you do, then definitely, like, Try working on a fastest state, and uh, there's a lot of research and about that's kind of debunking the uh, effectiveness of branched-chain amino acids. And maybe it's a placebo in me, but I take branched-chain amino acids while I am uh, doing my workouts. So, yes, make sure if you want to do that, you can. But in general, you you don't necessarily need it. I feel like I've just gotten used to it, so I've keep so I kept on doing it, and then I find that it actually helps me, whether it's a placebo or not. Right. And that's actually the next tip. If you work out fasted, 
go take branched-chain amino acids. And also, uh, branched-chain amino acids, on a side note, it actually helps uh, with when people have have sugar cravings because it converts into glucose. But with that that aside, you know, this is very anecdotal, so don't take it as fact. But I found branched-chain amino acids actually help increase my performance, especially if I especially if I'm in the gym and working out fasted. So, so try that out and uh, you may actually find a boost in your performance. Uh, especially in the, the gym that I've owned as well. Like, uh, we do uh, sort of conditioning workouts in there and, and a lot of the people who have taken branch chain amino acids, they just say it, it works a lot better. It helps them kind of like, uh, do the workouts a lot easier. So take it for what it is, but try it out and then see how it goes. And, uh, and that's it. So, the other, the next tip, man, I got to start counting these tips. I want, I want you to know where you are. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. We're on the seventh tip right now. We're third of the way there. All right. Next one is to schedule your workouts as if they are flights. All right. And I mean, this. like, think of the last time you took a, a plane somewhere, right? Now, did you purposely say, okay, I didn't, I didn't bring my shoes with me, so I, I'm just not going to go on that flight, right? There has to be a level of high commitment when you, uh, when you commit yourself to doing this workout thing. And you have to treat your workouts like your flights. And one of the biggest rules, one of the number one rules in working out is just make sure you never miss a workout. So treat your workouts with the same importance as you treat flights. And make sure you just schedule them in. Actually put them in your schedule, all right? And uh, what you're going to find is, is that you're actually going to go to them a little bit uh, more frequently, all right? Anytime you put anything down in writing and on your schedule, it makes it more likely for you to actually do it. All right. So number eight, focus on your form more so than lifting more weight. Especially with guys, it's the biggest ego trip because they go into the gym and obviously they want to push tons of weight, but then they end up really lacking form. This is actually why I think like uh, some people actually have to start at the lowest amount of weight possible and again, jump up slowly, progress slowly by two and a half percent so they can focus on what kind of form they have at the first and last rep. And they can also see what perfect form looks like and what it should feel like. And you can actually focus on the nuances while you don't have a heavy ass weight that's uh, that's above you. So always focus on form more so than lifting uh, more weight. Okay. All right. Bally's going for the balls again. Good boy. So uh, focus number nine, focus on the six foundational movements of the squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull and carry. All right. These are things that our body, these are movements that our bodies do on a regular basis. So these, are, these are the principles and where your actual program should derive from. These are the movements. So again, these are the six foundational movements of squatting, hinging. All right. So squatting is like a squat. Hinging is like a deadlift. Lunging is like a lunge. Pushing is like a bench press. Pulling is like a lat pull down and carry is like a farmer's carry using dumbbells. Train these on a regular basis and, and, and really just make your program out from the basis of these. Okay. Because, because again, if I'm not necessarily, I'm, 
I'm not necessarily worried about aesthetics because if you do all these things, your aesthetics are going to look great. And this is actually more about being a just a high-performing human being. You get all these six foundational movements right, and you are going to be one of the nth degrees of strongest people out there walking the earth. So get those done. All right. Number 10. So the two muscles that recover the fastest are your core and your glutes. Make sure you train them often. And one of the reasons I say that you should train them often as well is because they are usually the ones that get deactivated the most. So you have to retrain and learn how to turn them on, learn how to activate them. I always do a uh, Russian uh, RKC plank and before my workouts, and I always do about 15 to 20 glutes or hip hinge or hip bridges with uh, with a little uh, band attached to my knees because I want these things to activate while I'm doing all of my lifts. All right, number 10. Hip thrusts are probably one of like the most underrated exercises to get stronger in every single facet of life, all right? First of all, they're safe, so you can do a ton of weight on them without necessarily messing yourself up, although I would not recommend that because uh, because of just like how you are positioned, you're not necessarily in too much of a precarious position. Uh, they make your butt look great, all right? I really do feel that glutes are like the next... Uh, they're the, they're the next pecs, as you could say. Like every guy wanted like a big chest uh, back then. But I believe that, uh, you know, moving forward into the future, I really believe glutes are going to be, uh, I guess you could say, the trend for guys to get. Because uh, anyone that has strong glutes, uh, I know that they are going to be a strong motherfucker. All right. So next uh, one, which is number 11, is if you are dealing with injuries – Heal them first before trying to work around them in the gym, bro. I mean, do what you can to heal them. I would, even if you're working around, I would say like completely stay away from them. Like if it's a lower body injury, completely stay away from the lower body until you heal it. If it's an upper body one, again, same thing. All right. Unless you are competing in a high level competition like the NBA or you're competing for a show or whatever it is. It's just not worth the future trouble it's going to cause. So do not, if you're dealing with injuries, please like go about and heal them as fast as possible and, uh, and try to stop working around them, okay? Number 12, all right. For every push exercise, you should have about two pull exercises just to balance things out, all right? And this goes with the fact that men really just go ham with the chest training and they go very non-ham with the with the back training. So make sure that you have at least uh, two pull exercises for one push exercise. Uh, you're going to get a lot more benefit. Your posture is going to thank you a lot more. And in general, it's going to open up and make you look like you have a bigger chest in general. All right. So number 13 for every double-legged exercise, you should have one single-leg exercise. So we call these unilateral. We call it the unilateral training in the personal trainer speak or in the coach speak. But you want to be doing at least uh, at least one single-leg exercise for every one double-leg exercise because it can be so easy to overcompensate with your strongest leg. It's very simple. And also, just uh, people don't realize this, but also for balance alone, um, when you go into unilateral exercises or single leg exercises, 
you are actually developing a little bit more body awareness and proprioception, and this alone can actually enhance what you do inside of your double, you know, your your two-footed exercise. So, so yeah, for every double leg exercise, you should have one single leg exercise. And and also, what I found is is that if you don't uh, add single leg exercises into your programs, then uh, your body is going to compensate in a lot of ways, and some of those ways will be injury. All right, so make sure you do that. So number 14, train your legs in all planes of movement. Okay, so there's three planes of movement, which is frontal, obviously in front of you, posterior, which is behind you, and lateral, which is side, which is a, what a lot of guys just tend to forget and tend not to uh, remember. So just make sure that you're training in kind of like all forms of those movements again, uh, this is not about necessarily improving your aesthetics, but it's about making you a higher performing entrepreneur, individual, a badass in the motherfucking gym. All right. So make sure you're training all three, because uh, if you don't, then it could lead to injuries and muscle imbalances. Again, going with the last point that I have about, you know, single leg exercises, um, you know, if you don't go in all three planes of movement, then you are kind of like setting yourself up depending on uh, what you're doing. So. The best, number 14, the best way to train your core is with positions that actually resist movement. This is something that people don't really understand is that your core is actually meant to be a stabilizer rather than it's rather than uh, something that is meant to be used as a push object. So here's what I mean. Um, a lot of people do sit-ups, a lot of people do crunches, and they're trying to kind of like push their abs or core together. They don't realize that that doesn't necessarily work the abs as well as say doing something where the abs are used as a stabilizer. Say if it's like an RKC, like an, uh, a plank that I talked about before, the RKC plank. When you're in that plank, you have to like brace and push out your abs as hard as freaking possible, right? You have to brace them and then you have to squeeze your glutes and then you have to activate your lats. People aren't really doing like planks the proper way, but if you do it this way, right? you're bracing, you're doing all this activation, you're actually using your abs now or your core as a stabilizer against that movement. Now, there are other anti-movements out there which are you know, anti-lateral flexion, which is like a side plank where you're resisting the side bending motion, anti-rotational, which, uh, which is something called the payoff press where you're resisting uh, rotation and uh, anti-extension, which is what I, what I talked to you before about, which is the planks. Now, number 17. I think we're on number 17. Uh, I think. <laughs> Maybe not. Anyways, the face pull is the cornerstone movement for your shoulders. So uh, just go on YouTube and search out face pull, fitness, whatever it is, and you can see what the proper way on how to do a face pull. These are going to bulletproof your shoulders against pain and injury. They belong in almost every single program. All right, number 18. Train your body to optimize your genetics. So you have to understand that we're all built differently, okay? So we got to work with the genetics we have rather than try to change them. So for me, it's hard for me to grow my legs, okay? And I actually have really lean legs. It looks like, you know, I, I work out definitely if you looked at my legs alone. And uh, it, they rarely ever uh, gain any body fat. They don't get bigger. Uh, and this kind of sucks in the wintertime, but anyways, I digress. So, you know, I had these legs and, uh, before I used to try to do everything I could to like, you know, get these legs to be at least like an inch bigger or whatever. But then I just settled on the fact that I, I 
you know, I'm, I'm doing something that is kind of going out of my way to look a certain way. And that's not necessarily the way that I'd like to live life. And uh, maybe, you know, being in being satisfied with your own genetics actually leads you to creating, you know, a better set of genetics for you. Right. So you got to work with what you got. So like, you know, on the, on the flip side, my legs don't grow that big, but on the upside, like, you know, my, my chest and my, my upper body actually do, they, they change a lot faster. So there's always kind of a good and bad side to everything. You have to understand that whatever genetics you're working with, work with it. All right. Don't hate your body. You know, just, just work with your genetics and work with what you got. You know, like, uh, that's about it. You know, I'm not going to stick on that one for too long. Just, just love your body and work with what you got. All right. Number 19, focus on one goal and stick to it. Uh, this is something I see that a lot of people get tripped up with is they try to gain muscle and burn fat at the same time. Yes, you can technically do that, but there are better ways. And the, one of the ways I love is just specialization. Like, you have to, if you want to get shredded, then focus on fat loss specifically. Uh, you have to lower your volume, you know, in your workouts and just focus on your diet, right? So, uh, but if you are focused on, say, getting stronger, it's a bit different. Like you have to eat a little bit more. You have to, uh, you have to gain a bit more weight. If you want to gain muscle or gain hypertrophy, then again, you, you may want to increase the number of calories that you're eating. So, you know, you have to focus on one goal. And you have to stick to it. And then after you're done that goal, then focus on the next goal, whatever that is. And uh, and yeah, like I don't believe in the whole bulk cut cycle, but I do believe that uh, you can actually you can prioritize some things more than others. And if you specialize, then you'll get to the result much faster. So so don't focus on all things at once. If it's fat loss, focus on fat loss. If it's muscle building, then focus on that. Don't do two things at a time. All right, number twenty, uh, strength. As I've gotten older, I've realized that strength ha is the one investment more so than cardio, more so than any other activity that you can do in a gym that is going to make you feel as alive as possible. And it's also going to make you live a more vigorous life as a result. So as we age or as people age, if they don't work out, they start losing muscle at a very fast pace. And, and when it comes to guys, muscle is the one thing that, and, and girls too. Okay. Like, don't get me wrong, but muscle is the one thing that makes us who we are. And it's what allows us to move as freely as we want to. And the more, again, again, like when I look at cardio, is it going to help your heart as much as like say uh, lifting strong? No, not necessarily. Studies have actually been proven to studies have actually proven that to be false. Actually, the lifting is a little bit better for your heart. But in general, if you want to live a life where you can walk, uh, like let's just say at the age of eighty, you can uh, walk without the assistance of of anyone else and walk as freely and 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 uh, and be as mobile as possible. Um, again, lifting. And being strong is like the fountain of youth. And uh, the more you can be, the more stronger you can get, you know, while keeping your body intact and performing at a high level, the better you're going to feel overall. All right. And number 21. Hey, if you got, if you got a goal, hire a coach. All right. This, this is like the one secret that actually helps you save time and avoid frustration. It's just hire a coach. And I don't care if it's like hiring me or hiring someone else, but really put up your ducats 
and hire a coach and preferably hire the best one because that's the person that's going to get you to the fastest result. Uh, every great success had coaching or some kind of mentoring, like the great successes that I know of, the people, the entrepreneurs that I know of, the the great successes in terms of uh, even their bodies, they have all invested in themselves. It's an, it's, a, it's just a no-brainer, okay? So it's just easier to hit your goal when you have someone that, base, that, that puts you on the fastest plan and the most sustainable plan to get there. And it's just better to have someone that's supporting you throughout the entire journey and keeping you accountable. So again, there are so many nuances when it comes to working out. Uh, you know, most likely when you saw a couple of these, you, you kind of figured, yeah, some things maybe you didn't know. Right. So yes, get a coach faster results. And, uh, yeah, if you, if you do want to get a coach, you can always, uh, you know, contact me, you can go to dango.blog slash apply and, and yeah, you know, just get a coach, whether it's me or someone else, just get a coach. And that's it. I wish I could, I wish I could end it off like a little bit stronger than that, but Really, I, I think that's pretty strong. That is the podcast for today. Hope you had a lot of fun. And yes, which secret are you going to work on? Or how many of these? I don't know. Write them down and, and start taking action. Speed of implement, implementation is the key to success. And I hope you had a lot of fun. Take care.